I bring this column to you today for the same reason I brought it to you five years ago, because it's a hero's story. And I need heroes right now. I bring it to you because it lifts up courage, and I need courage. And I bring it to you again because it exemplifies how far off track even those on the side of right can get, and yes, I do equate equality and justice as right with virtue and good. Keisha Thomas received death threats after the event in Ann Arbor and clear up through at least 2016, 20 years after the event, according to an interview with her. And this from people apparently on our side, if I may make assumptions about us all. People who abhor the Ku Klux Klan and all that it stands for. People who abhor white supremacy and white nationalism, racism, xenophobia, people like us. And finally, I bring you this story because I identify not with Keisha, but with the mob in this story, those whose outrage ignited violence that day. And I need the Keishas of this world to pull me out of that anger and hatred that have grown in me since our country's ethos aided by a former president and our current largely dysfunctional government, made hatred, prejudice, division, and disunity almost unavoidable, if not acceptable. I hesitate to tell you this because I think that as a minister, as a Unitarian Universalist minister, I should be better than this, better than hatred and the temptation to do violence on the side of right. Am I not called to uplift and represent in my role, in my ideals, in my ministry, the very first of our Unitarian Universalist principles, especially the inherent worth and dignity of every person? But rage is alive and well in me, as is the despair that feeds it. Despair over what our country seems to be about these days, the splintering and uh, factions and vitriol, and my internal response, at least until I am able to work it through, is a response void of that highest and hardest of our ideals, that which makes us Unitarian Universalists. So I need the quiches in this world, and especially in our own country, those who give life to Martin Luther King's ideals of love and nonviolence. I need these people to reground me in my own ideals, my own faith's principles. Rosa Parks, the black woman whose life and work we celebrate each year on December 5th, that is this Friday, is such a person, a hero to whom we can look up and to, to whom perhaps Keisha Thomas looked up at one time a hero who helped shape Keisha Thomas's own ethics and worldview, enabling her heroic act in June of 1996 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We all need heroes, doers of even the smallest of good deeds and heroic acts. 
We all need heroes to restore our hearts and our values when times are hard. Heroes nourish us when we are especially hungry and remind us who we are and what we are about, and we need them. And we need the agencies and organizations that support, the support systems that grow and define the values that move us to do the work that sometimes creates heroes. One of those organizations that helped Rosa Parks was the Highlander Research and Education Center, formerly known as the Highlander Folk School, founded in 1932 in Montego, Tennessee. I've talked about them here before. They are now located in Newmarket, Tennessee, and it is a social justice leadership training school and cultural center. According to retired Unitarian Universalist minister, the Reverend Gordon Gibson, in his book entitled Southern Witness, Unitarians and Universalists in the Civil Rights Era, Rosa Parks attended a workshop at Highlander the summer before she refused to give up her seat on a Montgomery bus. According to Gibson, she later recalled, at Highlander, I found out for the first time in my adult life that this could be a unified society, that there was such a thing as people of different races and backgrounds meeting together in workshops and living together in peace and harmony. It was a place I was very reluctant to leave. I gained there strength to persevere in my work for freedom, not just for blacks, but for all oppressed people. And persevere she did, yet within the year, refusing to give up her seat on a segregated bus in Montgomery, Alabama, thus setting in motion one of the largest social movements in history, the Montgomery bus boycott. It, be, it began, the boycott began just four days after her arrest for her refusal and lasted longer than a year, beginning December 5th, the date we annually celebrate Rosa Parks Day, December 5th, 1955, and going all the way through until December 20th, 1956. In the end, the U.S. Supreme Court ordered Montgomery to integrate its bus system. It was a huge effort, however, announced by black ministers and churches and reported by the Montgomery Advisor Advertiser newspaper. 40,000 black bus riders, by far the majority of the city's bus riders, carpooled, took discounted taxis driven by black drivers, or walked to work every day, sometimes long distances. Black leadership came together and organized, and the likes of Martin Luther King Jr. came to the forefront of the burgeoning civil rights movement. Looking back on it, Rosa Parks has said that many people assumed that she did not vacate her bus seat simply because she was tired from her long day of work as a seamstress. Others seemed to assume she was elderly. She was neither, she said. She was only 42, and she was no more tired than any other day, except on this day, her heart was tired. The only tired I was, was tired of giving in, she has said. 
having been raised in the segregated South, she was frequently confronted with racial discrimination and violence and became active in the civil rights movement at a young age. Both of her grandparents, with whom she and her mother lived for a time, were former slaves and strong advocates for equal justice. Her grandfather reportedly stood in front of their house with a shotgun while KKK members marched down their street. She also has said that as a child, she fought back physically against bullying from white children. Author Jeannie Theoharis, in her book, The Rebellious Life of Mrs. Rosa Parks, quotes Parks as saying, as far back as I remember, I could never think in terms of accepting physical abuse without some form of retaliation, if possible. Such was her spirit, and such was her early life. At the age of 19, she married a local barber who was actively fighting to end racial injustice. She joined him in these efforts, already an enthusiastic believer, and among other things, soon became secretary for the Montgomery chapter of the NAACP. She held that post from 1943 until 1957. A hero. From all of her many efforts, towards equality, Park received many accolades and awards, including the prestigious Martin Luther King Jr. Award. In 1996, President Clinton awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest honor given by the U.S. Executive Branch. Then she was also awarded the Congressional Gold Medal, the highest award given by the U.S. Legislative Branch. She was named as one of the 20 most influential people of the 20th century by Time Magazine in 1999. And upon her death at age 92 on October 24, 2005, she lay in honor at the U.S. Capitol Rotunda in Washington, where an estimated 50,000 people viewed her casket. Starting out, she was just a little girl, growing up hard in the segregated South, but she was spunky and determined, and had some spunky and determined relatives and role models in her life, and she became a hero. In February of 2013, President Barack Obama unveiled a statue honoring parks in the nation's Capitol building. He said of her during the dedication ceremony, in a single moment, with the simplest of gestures, she helped change America and change the world. And today, she takes her rightful place among those who helped shape this nation's course. The world is hard right now. It's been hard before, and it will be hard again. The same is true, of course, for our country. But my own anger in these times, our anger, if you share it with me, does not usually serve us well, especially if it spills over into hate, and mine sometimes feels as though it does. I don't want to be a person who hates. It's not who I am or what I am about at my core, because at my core, I really do believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person. 
I can sometimes summon that core belief up in my internal response to those who so radically differ from me in their politics, religion, and cultural stances, but it can be very hard. Doing otherwise, however, is not useful. Our anger only serves us, serves us if it moves us to action, if it moves us to affect change, if it inspires in positive ways and gives us tools of empowerment. Therefore, I am inspired and deeply grateful to those who model strength and courage, wisdom and understanding, and who help show us the way. Rosa Parks is one such woman, and by the way, so is Keisha Thomas. To the extent that we can, let us remember them and others like them when things get hard and our emotions detract from the good we might do. May it be so, and amen.